Hi, I'm Tiki Barber, co-founder of Thusio. Thanks for listening to the Thusio Live and Unfiltered podcast. We're bringing our past events back to life for you to enjoy. Rex Ryan, the eccentric former head coach of the New York Jets and Buffalo Bills, joined Thusio in January of 2019 to reflect on his career and discuss his plans for the future. In this conversation, moderated by yours truly, Ryan notes the challenges of coaching in New York and his deeply ingrained hatred for the New England Patriots. He also talks about growing up with a twin brother, like me, and how he always aspired to follow in his father's footsteps. Enjoy the interview. Rex Ryan doesn't need any introduction, especially for us New Yorkers uh, in, the, in the room. And I have, I have a gripe, but I'll get to that in a minute, Rex. Uh, I guess the first question that everybody really wants to know is, what do you think of Adam Gase as the new head coach of the Jets? What? What? What are you talking about? Hey, you know what? I, I think Adam's going to be just fine because he survived that first press conference. But I think, you know, let's give this man a chance here. I still bleed, you know, green and, and all that kind of stuff. And so... Uh, you know, when you look at it, I, I think he's going to realize, though, Adam's going to realize real soon, and I'm sure he already has, that, you know what, New York is a little different than Miami. <laughs> they cover your team a little different and all that. And the way your eyes look, you're going to like, you got to be kidding me. Who cares what his eyes look like? You know, uh, he's a good football coach, and uh, I'm excited to see that combination with him and, and Sam Darnold. I mean, it should, you know... As a coach, you always want that quarterback, mm -hmm. that franchise quarterback, and it looks like the Jets hit on it, so hopefully it'll be good. You know, Tiki, before we get going, you know, I, I, there was a couple of New England fans in here. Oh, come on, really? <laughs> Show so, yourselves. Yeah, there's a couple okay. with their hands up. All right, and the reason, so stay Four. nice and high, Four. guys, nice and high with those hands. <laughs> Five. All right, I brought <laughs> Willie Colon here to kick your ass. So, Willie, you see these guys right here? There they are right there. We'll take care of you real quick, and I don't have to do any of the heavy lifting. So, Willie, go ahead, babe. I appreciate you being here, Willie. This, this won't take more than two seconds. You're but, right. uh, T. Rich no, is I tell it, you what. Is you Tony know, in here, too? Tony Rich is yeah, here? Yeah, T. Rich is here. T. Rich is here, and there he is. That's my man. I tell you what, I, I was blessed to coach these two guys right here, and, and really some of my favorite guys I've ever coached. And, and T. Rich, I mean, he was there when I needed him the most. And, Back when and they used fullbacks it. in the NFL. Oh, yeah, yeah, no question. Let me ask you real quickly before we move on to you. Um, the hardest part about coaching in New York was what? You know what, Tiki, it never bothered me because, you know, I love the Jet fans. I guess the, the difference is I grew up, my dad was coaching with the Jets back when they won Super Bowl three and, and all that. He, he coached here for eight years. So I guess I kind of knew what I was getting into here. But here's the thing. I chose the Jets. So I actually had a couple of options, but I chose the Jets. Now, at the time, probably a stupid-ass decision because the first thing we did, you know, they're like, all right, well, the only thing is, here's the thing, uh, Brett Favre, you know, I'm like, this is going to be awesome. I got Brett Favre, at quarterback. I got, uh, no, we can't afford him. We got to let him go. I'm like, what? So I, that was when I knew it was a, a dumb decision, but it was like, oh my goodness, you know. Uh, but really, I loved every bit about being with the New York Jets. I was proud to be, you know, the, the head coach of the Jets. And man, I wanted nothing more. And these, my players will, will tell you, 
that, I mean, I wanted to kick ass so bad, and I dreamed of, you know, winning that Super Bowl, and then I had to watch your asses win the Super Bowl, and it's like, oh, God. You know, I was, I was like, I was all ready to be the, you know, king of New York and all that kind of stuff, because I was like, oh, we're going to kick this team's butt, and sure enough, we get beat by them, you know, and, but I do have the Snoopy, Snoopy Bowl trophy, so I'm proud of that. You notice he's in the media now because he absolutely did not answer my question. No. <laughs> but let me back no, up. Let me we'll... back up. You're talking to, you talked about Buddy. Um, but you're a twin like yeah, me. I you know. have that in common. You're fake twins, by the way, because you're fraternal. We're real I, twins, me and my brother. I know, We're but identical. see, I think the doctor screwed up. How the heck? We look as much like as you guys it's got true. the same interests, <laughs> same likes, all that kind of stuff. There's no way that we're fraternal twins. You now, know, I read no stories that you guys were maybe switched at birth. Is that true? Yeah, I could very easily be robbed, Tiki. <laughs> you know Rodney? You know what I'm saying, Rodney? Because <laughs> you're not Tiki, you're Rodney. But uh, no, it is funny because we grew up that way. And, and unless people are twins, mm -hmm. they don't get it. Like you think, hey, I've got my brother and my sister, all that type of stuff, how close I am. Nah, ain't nothing like it. And it's like, I'm just telling you, it's... And you have your own language, all this kind of stuff. And, and it was the greatest thing in the world for me because, you know, we moved a lot. You know, coaching family, my folks were divorced and, and all that, only like, you know, 80% of this country. But anyway, it's, it's like, um, you know, I, I, it never mattered to me because I always had my best friend with me. And I think that's, that's what that connection with, with twins is. Now, obviously, your father was a legendary head coach. He was the creator of the 4-6 defense. There you go. Buddy Ryan. And I didn't realize this. The 4-6 was not about personnel. It was about an actual player, right? It was a, a, the strong safety who would come into the box, and he wore number 46. When, as, your, as your father rose up the ranks in coaching, did, that's what made you want to be a coach? Were you a player also? Would you have aspirations of being a player? Or was well, it more just, I want to do what my dad does? Yeah, well, I, I tell you what, you know, Tiki, I'm not bragging or anything, but, you know, uh, I, I appreciate this, you know, 30 minutes I have to talk about my playing career. You know, I, I played at the University of Oklahoma, Southwest. And anyway, it was... Uh, and yeah, I get on these guys, Willie and, and, and T. Rich, Tiki, you know, you guys, you know, I, I'm in the Hall of Fame in my college, you know, so some guys went in there and kicked ass. I don't care if it was like playing, you know, the smallest, you know, high school ball of all time, but, you know, I went there and wrecked things, you know, so there was something about abilities, the reason I never went on, you know, in professional football. But now really, I think what it was, Tiki, is my dad would come home every night and, you know, he, he was happy and excited, and he was that way going to work. I don't care if they got beat on a Sunday. Yeah, it'd be, you know, he'd be miserable or whatever, but he couldn't wait to go to work on Monday. Yeah. And I think that's part of it. Then, as, as we all know that have played this game and all that, these are special guys that play this game. And... Just being around it, that, that camaraderie you have with these guys, like it, it's just it's a, a great thing. And then the team sport of it, you know, I, I wasn't picking the individual sports. I love the team sport, probably because it wasn't any good. But it's like that, just that, that group and trying to accomplish something together collectively, 
I think that's what really turned me on about coaching. Now, you were a really good coach. In fact, you beat me in a Super Bowl that I actually played in right. in 2000 when you were uh, the linebacker coach, I believe, with the Baltimore Ravens. Bill, Brian Billick hired you. But um, early on, you were trying to teach the 4-6. I quite don't understand this video. We're going to take a look at this. But um, explain to me, you know, what you're trying to say in this video. God, I was huge, wasn't I? I was bigger than Willie. First thing we teach is that we're basically on a pointer system. What we try to do is we're going to step with the fullback, and he's going to take us to our key. We're going to illustrate that technique here as we go. Okay, but our eyes, again, focus on the fullback at first. We'll step with him. If he goes away from us, our eyes immediately go to the backside guard. How much yeah. was teaching important uh, early in your career? Because it's, no, what, I it's, it. what, it's what you did best. Yeah, you know, I mean, I really prided myself on, on knowing the game and maybe looking at it differently than other people. But, um, you know, and the fact I did play, and I wasn't, you know, a, a gifted athlete by no means, but I had to be a step ahead of everybody else. And so when I was doing it, I found out, you know, everybody talked, well, here's the, uh, uh, you know, key the triangle. What what freaking triangle? I, I failed geometry, you know, so or geography for that matter. But anyway, in a bunch of classes. But anyway, I was like, you know, no, there's got to be an easier way. And, you know, backs will lie to you, linemen don't. So it, it's one of those things. But I had to I had to key really quick, be, you know, to make plays. And, and that's kind of what I did. But um, and that's why I like great players like you guys. A lot of times everybody would assume that. Tiki would be a phenomenal coach, and he may be. You know, he might be. But a lot of your great players aren't great coaches. And the reason for it is, like, you get frustrated. Like, damn, this is what I used to do. Like, how the hell can you not, you know, run like this or, or block like, like this other stuff? And, you know, um, so that's why sometimes it's weird. Like, the, one of the greatest hitting instructors of all time in baseball was a guy named Charlie Lau. He batted 200 in Major League Baseball. You know, it's like, and yet he was like the, you know, the most respected hitting coach ever. So sometimes it's like, you know, but for him to bat 200, he had to do everything right. And I think that's kind of the way, way it was for me. And, and, you know, I guess I was blessed to be, you know, uh, you know around my dad for all those years. Um, you know, that obviously gave me a, a head, you know, a, a heck of a head start. Yeah. Let me, you talk about your dad and we, we, we all know Buddy, but your mother was pretty special as well. And um, I know that you guys, you mean, your mom and dad got divorced. You moved to Canada right. with your mom because she went to go get her doctorate um, in education from the University of Chicago. Then she moved to Canada and got one of the first administrative jobs in college for a woman, which was amazing. Right. And when you read the story of you, and I guess your brother as well, and Buddy, it was she who was like the firecracker. It wasn't Buddy. Oh, it was yeah, she, no it was question. Her. Tell she me about your mom. mean as hell. <laughs> but no, it was... Uh, and Tiki, by the way, pretty darn impressive. You know all this stuff. But it's... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, she was actually a vice president of New Brunswick University, uh, graduated Phi Beta Kappa and, you know, PhD from the University of Chicago and all that. And then she had me, and it was like, what? <laughs> you know, I'm dyslexic, so I had no freaking chance in school. Uh, cheated my way, I mean, got my uh, graduate, you know, I, I got my, my degree and uh, actually got a master's degree somehow. 
Um, but either way, it was like, yeah, she was that way, and she was competitive as hell. Um, but, you know, she worked all the time, but, but she did everything she could to provide for us. We never had a whole lot of money, but, um, you know, she made sure that all the, you know, myself, my two brothers, you know, we played all the sports and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's funny because I played hockey. You know, it's like, hell, nobody plays hockey. You know what I mean? But we played hockey. That was our sport. They finally had football. And this is a true story. My brother and I got kicked out the third game of the season. All right? Not just for the game, but from the entire league. Wow. And it was like, what the hell? We were the only kids that knew how to play football. What did you do? Well, I mean, I guess we were, you know, we were probably spearing kids or whatever. Like, I don't know. We were, we were jacking them up, I can promise you. But, like, they never knew what the hell they were doing. So we were like, you know, it's like those commercials. You know, it's like, hey, this kid, you know, looking up at a punt. You just go smash him. But, yeah, it was, you know. And maybe it was more like the Hanson brothers in, in Slapshot, that movie, than, than anything else. But, yeah, we got kicked out. And I'll never forget my mom defending us on, on the field. Like, that's because they know how to play football. You guys don't even know how to play. So, But, yeah, we grew up that way. And then... Uh, you know, luckily for us, though, we ended up go, moving in with our dad um, when he was the defense coordinator with the uh, Minnesota Vikings or, or uh, linebacker coach of the Vikings. And, um, you know, in high school, and, and that's, you know, that was when my mother got rid of us. <laughs> <laughs> she had a career to build. Yeah. Um, what was the most important lesson you learned from your dad? I think the biggest one, and it sounds so easy, and that, that's really just to, to, you know, believe in yourself and to be yourself. And I think that was, and it sounds so easy, but you know what, That's, that carried me forever. And, you know, obviously, you know, Ray Robinson always had that quote about, you know, to be a champ, you gotta believe in yourself when nobody else would. Well, there was plenty of nobody else would believe in me, so I'll promise you that. Everybody thought they were smarter than me, whatever. You know, better looking, I don't understand that one. But there was, there was a lot of them, you know, a lot of things going there. And, and, and if you don't believe in yourself, you can fall down and, and not achieve what, what, uh, what you were meant to achieve. And, and to me, I just kept working. I, I was going to be the first one there and last one to leave. And regardless of what it was, I worked hot tar roofing. I worked in the factories in Chicago. Uh, my brother and I had uh, morning and paper routes uh, when we were living in Toronto, growing up as kids. So I think that work ethic was something that carried us also. Now, you, that work ethic ultimately got you a head coaching job in the National Football League. It was with the New York Jets, as we all know. Uh, and you guys did hard knocks twice. And I think hard knocks put the Jets on the map over the Giants for half a second. Um, <laughs> I had to say it. But uh, Willie, where's Willie at? Where's Willie? Will, Willie can't catch me. <laughs> But you did hard knocks twice. Yeah. <laughs> you did hard knocks twice. And yeah. I don't, I mean, obviously people didn't know you nationally right. until they started seeing you like this. Let's make sure we play like a New York Jack and not some slot team. That's what I want to see tomorrow. Do we understand what the fuck I want to see tomorrow? Let's go eat a damn snack. <laughs> what was that like being on Hard Knocks? Oh, you know, I, it's funny because I, I don't think Willie was with us, but I know T. Rich was. You know, before, look, I never wanted to do Hard Knocks. <laughs> Nobody wants to do it, right? But, 
you're sitting back, and I told our team, you know, the ownership wanted to, because why is, you got five shows, they're an hour long, so that's five hours they're looking at the New York Jets. And that's good for you. We're trying to sell PSLs at the time. There are a lot of things we're trying to do. Yeah, that, that sucks, doesn't it? I don't understand how what, PSLs, uh, you know, I got suckered into buying six of those bad boys, and when I got fired, they never gave my damn money back. So it kind of pissed me off a little bit. Um, but, but, you know, when we did it, I went to the team first meeting and, and, you know, I'm like, hey, guys, look, here's the funny thing. We're going to be ourselves. They wanted us, by God, they're going to get the New York Jets. And, and that was it. And so we're like, and it had to start with me. If I was going to be somebody different, then my team wouldn't be who they were. And I was like, look, we're not perfect by any stretch, but I'm proud of who we are. And so let's go out and be ourselves. And after the first episode... I think people uh, were like, oh, my God, you know, but oh, well. Well, you know, it only worked because you guys had success. You went to the AFC Championship game actually two years right. in a row. It worked because you had success. And in some ways, it elevated the New York Jets to a place they hadn't been in a long time and honestly haven't been since. I mean, in that regard, was the pressure good? from having the world, or at least the United States, knowing about the inside workings of the New York Jets? Well, you know what it really did, Tiki? It, it let, for some reason, all of a sudden we, came, we became a destination for free agents. People wanted to play for us because they knew we were real. And they knew every bit about us was real. And that was it. We might not have been as good as some of the teams, but we were going to you know, we were going to give you every damn thing we got. You knew where we were coming from when you watched us. Yeah. You know, that you were going to get our best effort. Might not have been good enough to win the game, but you were going to get our best. And I think players around the league wanted to come here. You know, now being in New York probably had something to do with it also. But, uh, you know, we did. We had, a, we had a, a fan base that we were proud of. We had a team we were proud of. And, and you know, yeah, we were, you know, I, I, I think – you know, look, there were a lot of negative things that come with it, you know, as well. But I will say this. If I had to do it all over again, I'd do it again. Negative like um, the butt fumble. You know, here, here's the bad thing. Poor Mark Sanchez. <laughs> Mark Sanchez will be, look, he played, he played pretty good for I us. He he's did. got it over, over, nah, boy, I meant just telling you, he's, you know, let's see if this new guy gets as many wins as Sanchez did in the playoffs. We'll see. But Mark was actually at his best in the biggest games. And, you know, in the playoffs, Mark played really well uh, for us. But I, I think he gets, you know, unfairly, people look at him like, oh, butt fumble guy. Yeah, he had that play, and it was stupid. You know, it was awful, no question about it. And it was on my watch. But we had some better moments than that. Let's, say, let's put it that way. Yeah, you did, it's particularly in 2010. Where are those four New England Patriots fans? Can you raise your hands again? Well, I know you guys get to the NFC or AFC championship game pretty frequently, but in 2010, you didn't because Sean Green did this. Get out of the end zone, coach. <laughs> 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 
There you go, T. Rich. How satisfying was that? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, you know, when, when you look at it, that, that's, you know, clearly you miss those wins so much. We all know. Like, oh, golly. But that was, it was so special. Um, you know, New England, like, let, let's face it. I mean, this thing, eight straight, you know, championship games this team's in. And, and God, I still hate them. But anyway, it's like, <laughs> but... I respect them more than any team in the league, and I respected Bill Belichick more and, and, and Tom Brady. But, um, you know, I wanted to beat their ass. And, and it's just like, even with the Giants, like I, I would there, – there were two teams. Like I, I, I used to really love the Giants. I respect them. I love the way you guys played. But then when you're in this community and all that type of stuff, you realize that, oh, hell no, my, my fans want to win this damn game. And so to me, it's like I became – you know, I, I, I'd have a hate for two teams. And that was the Giants and the Patriots. And I had respect for them, but I hated them. And I used to tell my guys this, and they know. I'm not a big bullshitter that way. It's like what I didn't like is they thought they were better people than us, and that pissed me fucking off. There really isn't a rivalry, though. Let me dig into this for a second. So I grew up in Virginia. I was a Redskins fan, sorry. But I grew up in Virginia. So I come to New York, and... Everybody's talking about the giant jet rivalry. And just intellectually, I'm thinking about it, saying, well, we don't play any meaningful games unless it's the Super Bowl. And neither one of us are going to be in the Super Bowl right now, right? So why is there such a rivalry between the Giants well, and no, the Jets? Well, you bought into it, so tell no, me. No, but I bought into it only because you see, like, the, the, like the fan bases are very different. And it was like, you know, you got the old guard and you got, you know, the old AFL guys and, and all that kind of stuff. So... It goes way back, and my dad had been coach, you know, like coaching way back in 68 and all that type of stuff. It was very different, you know. But the Giants would still look down like we were the little brothers. And, it, I mean, that's, that's just a thing that – How you many know, championships to, to one? Yeah, zero. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. But it's like but, – but that was it. And that, that's, still the, that's still the thing. And that's why today it's like, you know what? Yeah, but Tiki, we'll go out there and, and we'll line up. And let's kick your fucking ass. Yeah. Like, but it's like, like literally, like that's the mentality that you take because, and it's not just for you, it's for your fan base. Like you want, like I would feel it. Now look, you know, and I, I laugh about like the Snoopy Bowl deal or whatever. We never once prepared, as, as in they can tell you, we never once prepared for the preseason games. Yet we would play them. Remember, everybody says that third preseason game is the most important, right? You know, oh, that's one you got to get ready for and all that. Dudes, we never, we never prepared for the Giants one iota, not one time in all the years. But as soon as that thing got kicked out, man, you wanted to win that game. Like, it was weird. You know, I remember Tom Coughlin, you know, kicking like some field goal to tie the thing. To, to send it into overtime. I'm like, what? There's not one guy on the field right now that's going to, you know, that, that's going to, you know, that's going to be here, you know, that's going to play in a regular season. Like, seriously? So what do we do? Send out the starting kicker. Oh, let's go. Go make that thing. Let's get the hell out of here and take our Snoopy trophy. But we did. By the way, that was, that's one of the worst things I ever did in, in all of coaching. I got to say this one. Yeah, we all know it. I put Sanchez in a game, all right? And what happened is Geno Smith hadn't got to play because he had an ankle injury. And 
the whole thing along, you know, Geno's looked better than Mark in, in, in all through the, uh, the practices and all that, but he only had that one game experience. So week two, Sanchez plays. We know what that looked like. Week three, we go in. I'm like, all right, Geno, you're going to play. And then week four, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a, a choice between my quarterbacks. So as it turns out, Geno throws like four interceptions to you guys, to the Giants, and it's like, maybe he's not our starter right now, okay? So, uh, Mark, go ahead and, and, you know, just pop in there, get a couple uh, drives in. Because what happened, I certainly wasn't going to play the starting quarterback the next week, and I was going to give our guys time. Because part of your job as a coach is to get your team rested and prepared for the regular season. And so I was like, well, hell, that's going to be almost a month before he plays a game. So that's why I put him in there. And sure enough, he gets, you know, he rolls out, tries to extend a play, and gets hit, and out for the season. And so, was, I mean, it, clearly the, the worst decision. I had, I've had a ton of bad decisions <laughs> in my coaching one. life, but that was probably the worst one. We didn't prepare for you either in the third preseason no, game. No, I bet. Not at all. <laughs> so you had a lot of football experiences in your life. Who was your team? You were in Minnesota and in Chicago, yeah. obviously, with your dad, the Jets. Who was your team when you were growing up? Well, I think wherever my dad was coaching, that was my team. You know, we were all in, so we were the so Jets. You don't forever. have an official like in not, your blood fandom. No, not a football team. But what's weird is having lived in Toronto all those years. I was a huge Toronto Maple Leaf fan. You know, the hockey team. And now, though, when I came here and, and was living in New Jersey, New York area. Then I'm like, oh, no, I've, I've got to support all the local teams. And I'm sure you do the same thing. Yep. There we go with the Rangers and all that. But now I live in Nashville. So let me hear, the, let me hear something for the Predators out there. Because uh, I'm a huge, I'm the biggest fair weather guy of all time. Because they're like, well, who are you supporting? I go, every single local team. Yankees, Mets, that's impossible. No, they got one fan. Yankees, Mets, I'm, I'm one of those guys. But that's kind of how it goes. So in 2014, you go 4-12, and 12, you get fired and you end up taking a job almost immediately yeah. to go to the Buffalo Bills, which is interesting because it, it kind of mirrors what Adam Gase just did. Gets fired, immediately goes to an in-division rival. Do you regret doing that? Should you have taken a year off? No, I don't think I should have taken a year off, and, and for a couple reasons. Number one, you know, now do I regret taking a Bill job? Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, but it was... <clears throat> But I did make five and a half years, so I don't regret it that much. So uh, for five years, that's why I got these clothes. But, um, but no, realistically, the reason I jumped right back in, Tiki, is, is that it wasn't about me. Because I could have sat out a year and all that, but I had 25 unemployed coaches. And so I think that's, it, was, it was bigger than that for me. The bad thing is the one that everybody wanted me to take was Atlanta. Yeah, I know. I would have taken it, but the guy would have had to offer it to me first. So, you know, I mean, he never did. So he kept saying, well, we're going to bring you in for a second interview. I'm like, okay. But, and, and this was and the second time I interviewed with the guy. And, you know, I was like, I don't know what bullshit I'm going to tell you to get the job now. But, um, but what, you know, really, me, I just, what, you know, when, the, is, when the Bills offered me, offered me the deal, I'm like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, what is that, what is that process like? Because we hear about it often. It happened. Like, Black Monday comes the first Monday after the last regular season right. game. Guys get fired. And it's like 
Wednesday, you're interviewing for the next. What is that process like? Because it seems hurried, to be honest with you. Yeah. And often too hurried. Yeah, no, I get it. And a lot of times, and it's really not fair, because a lot of really good coaches aren't even considered because they're on the better teams. And so sometimes these guys, because the owners are, you know, wanting to get their, their new guy in there and all that type of stuff, sometimes it's rushed because, you know, these guys can't even interview. Now they changed it a, a little bit. Well, they'll let you interview at least. But um, so that was, a, that was a little different. But to me, really what it is, I think the big thing is, um, you know, the more I went through it, the more I realized it's not about the X's and O's as much as it's about can you connect? Can you connect with your fan base? Can you connect with the, uh, the PR department? Can you connect with ownership, obviously? Can you connect with your players? Can you connect with the GM and, and stuff? I think, that's, I think that's a big part of this. Yeah. I, think you, I think you're right. So of all the hires this offseason, this, well, I guess it's not really the offseason, the end of the season, who do you like most? I love Bruce Arians down in Tampa. And I'm biased because I know because I know Bruce yeah. uh, from when I was a baby. He and my dad played together. But who do you like most of the hires? Well, to be honest, I'm disappointed with all of them because apparently they lost my number. <laughs> I, I mean, because I was Which ready to get question. right back in, but no. Nah, but you said you don't want to coach anymore. No, do you want to coach him again? No, of course I do. Yeah, I mean, I, I would. I'd take any head coaching job. I mean, they get a new franchise in Alaska. I'll walk there. You know, what I mean, because I miss it. I. I I absolutely miss it. But I got a good gig right now, and it's, you know, to be honest, here's something. I haven't lost a game in two years. Like, and it feels pretty good, you know what I mean? Like, I golf, you know, a ton, two or three times a week. I still stink. But it's like, you know, I'm enjoying my life. But to me, uh, you know, I was even tempted. This year I was tempted to, to go back even as a coordinator. But my agent said, if we do that, we're going to get head coaching money. I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. I'll take that and be a coordinator. Yeah, all right, I'll take it. I don't know. They, they lost my number again. I mean, so, I, I mean, nobody's going for that gig. You know, that would be a great gig. That's not happening. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. But one day, of course, you know, I coached for 30 years. And I love the game. And I love the guys that play it. And, man, do I miss it? Oh, my gosh. You know, it's just like today, you know, sitting here with you, um, seeing Tony and, and, uh, and Willie, like, oh, my God, it, it takes you back. And, and that's something, guys, about this, and regardless of how successful or whatever, you know, I coached, like I say, for 30 years, had a lot of different jobs. I never had a bad job. I might have had bad seasons or bad teams, but I never had a bad job because I loved doing what I was doing. And, you know, and so that thing is taken away from me right now. Um, and that's why I'll never say that I won't get back. But the gig I got right now is, is a pretty good one. I think you're right. Let's get to the Q&A. All right. Thank you, Tiki. Thank you, Tiki. Thank you, Rex. Uh, time for audience Q&A, brought to you by Smart Choice Communications. Where's Gene with Smart Choice? If you come up, please. Gene with Smart Choice. Here he comes. Thank you. Well, here, it, it's simple for me, um, and it might not work for every position, but it works for a lot of them. I always wanted to get a player that I didn't want my kid to play against, 
And, and that's the truth. And I, I promise you. And, and look, we all have, you know, for those of us that have kids, the most important thing in our life is, is, is their, you know, them being successful and, and them being safe. <laughs> and when I watch tape and I see Derwin James play at Florida State, I was on the phone calling my son who played receiver at Clemson, by the way, national champs. But anyway, <laughs> and he was part of that team that won it two years ago. But anyway, it was, I'm like, hey, listen, that number three, you need to know where he's at. So that's why I was telling everybody, I'm like, this is my favorite kid in the draft. We drafted a guy named Jarrett Johnson. He played at Alabama, was, you know, God, he looked terrible. You know, just ugly-ass kid. You know, weighed about 280, supposed to be a defensive lineman, or 270. Couldn't run, one strong. Man, he was a killer. He was a killer. He ended up playing for 12 seasons, I think, like that. But I saw him in high school, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, literally, I'm like, I, I don't want my kid against him. So Ozzie Newsom said, Rex, you got the fourth-round pick. Who do you want? I'm like, I'll take Jared Johnson. And so those are guys. Remember John Connor, yeah. T. Rich's last year was playing. We knew T. Rich was going to retire after that, that season. So we don't need a fullback because we got T. Rich. We got the best in the business. But I watch this kid on film, and I'm like, oh, he's like just crushing kids. Like, oh, my goodness. You know, he couldn't hit with one arm. I forget what it was, his left arm or something, T. Rich. No, he just come running in there and smoke you. And it was like, like, remember he helicoptered somebody on that, uh, you know, kickoff return and all that stuff? I mean, this dude was unreal. He hit so hard, it was, you know, oh, my goodness. He, he wouldn't just kill the person he hit. He killed the whole family. So it was, he was one of those kind of guys. So uh, we ended up drafting him. You know, and that, that's, that's great. But that's kind of what I look for. Now, it doesn't work as well at quarterback. That's why we took Tim Tebow. But... Um, <laughs> All right, so here's um, one, one quick, quick one and then uh, quick personal and then two uh, back to the game. So the quick personal one, Nick Ryan from Caesars. Um, which, tw which twin won more fights growing up? Probably Tiki. I think um, <laughs> watching Tiki, I think, would, would have been the toughest draw out of that group. Wait, are you officially older or younger? No, I'm older, much more mature. Five minutes older, so it goes without saying. We had a few scraps. Um, you got to tell them how you got arrested. Been arrested a few times in my day, but um, so, no, but one, one time, the one last fight we had, we were in college, and by then I'm engaged, all right, to my beautiful bride of 32 years. Um, and anyway, it was like, he's wanting me to be a team player, but I'm like, no, dude, I'm, I, I'm, not, I, I'm out. I'm out. Wing I'm not man. going with this person. If she would have been better looking, I would have been in. But anyway, um, so I'm telling him this, and I'm like, bro, come on. He gets pissed. One thing leads to another. I think alcohol might have been involved. But anyway, so we get, we get in a little fight. He ends up with a broken nose and a broken ankle. Now that's, you know, and so I'm all, I got, now I'm really pissed. I hurt my brother, all this stuff. And I'm walking around, and, you know, he had a couple shots in, too, so I got blood all over me. And I'm walking down the streets, and the cops come by, and they pick me up. They just know I did something wrong, you know what I mean? I'm like, no, man, I just, I just got in a fight with my brother. I'm pissed off, whatever. So they, they call the house, 
and they said, you want to press charges? Rob's like, just leave his ass in there. You know, but then he started laughing. You know, it was over. But that was the last time we fought. We, we, I tell you what, we whipped a lot of people together, and, uh, but who knows? I don't doubt it. All right, so this one um, from Doug Bennett and WeWork, and this question went, we had Nick Mangold here a few weeks back, and uh, same question asked to Nick. Which AFC championship game, you know, which season were you closer, do you think, 09 or 10? You know, which team was, which team was better? That's a great question, but I, I, I think, you know, the first year we went, I think we surprised a lot of people. Um, surprised the hell out of us when we were up by 16 points against the Colts in that championship game. Uh, that surprised me. I'm like, holy shit, we're really going to do this. You know, but then we lost a couple of DBs and Peyton was Peyton on us. But, um, but I think our next year, I thought, yeah, all right, we got this, man. We, we got it. We had a really good receiving group. You know, we had Braylon Edwards, he had Santonio Holmes, we had Jericho Cotri, Brad Smith, and we, our team was absolutely loaded. Um, we had two great tailbacks. So I'm like, this is our team, great offensive line, and, uh, and our defense is okay. So I'm sitting back like, this, this is the team. And unfortunately, we had to put so much into it, I think. You know, like back-to-back weeks, we beat Peyton Manning and the Colts in, in that first playoff game. Then we go play, you know, up to Foxborough, beat Tom Brady and company. And then we go to play Pittsburgh. And it's like, everybody's like, how the hell can you guys come out flat? I have no freaking idea. Like, I don't know what the hell. Like, it, it just, we did. And I guess, you know, because we're humans. You know, we had, we had put everything we had into those other two games. And we come in at halftime, we're getting smoked like sausage. And I'm like, and I look, I go, you know, this is crazy. I, I told our team, I'm like, this is nuts, but we got these dudes right where we want them. Like, and I go, it, it sounds stupid, but watch. And I'll be dang, if we make one more stop, we're going to get a chance to win that game. But I really thought that was our year. And then, unfortunately, after that, we had the new CBA, and we lost 17 players. All right, last question, then back over to Tiki. Um, so this is from Evan at FFO. Uh, we showed that Patriots win highlight earlier. Earlier in that season, I believe, you guys got smoked by the Pats. Yes, we did. What did you do? How did the defense change? How did you stop them the second time in their tracks? Well, first off, um, thanks for bringing that up. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got beat 42 to 3. It was a nail biter. Um, <laughs> but it was weird because here, here's the craziest thing we had the best week of practice ever like not just my years with the jets my years with baltimore ever we were so ready to play that game and the last day of practice jim leonard i mean jim leonard is the size of the table you know what i mean not exactly a difference maker when you look at him appearance wise yet he was almost like our quarterback of our defense and we had I mean, we had a game plan that was like, there's no way in hell they're going to figure this one out. Unfortunately, when Jim went down, we couldn't figure it out. And so not only the Patriots killed us, but we also helped them. I mean, there, you know, we had, there's free runners all over the field and, and all that stuff. So it's like, God, I knew we were better. Our whole football team knew we were better. Um, 
But that was when I buried the football. Because I had, I mean, what else are you going to do? When you, get, when you get destroyed like that, there's not a whole lot of options out there. Like, we can watch that thing over again if we want and be like, we're depressed for a month, you know. Or I can just bury this thing, and that's what we did. And when we did say, I go, in six more weeks, we're going to play this team again. All right? We are. Because we were 9-2. and two. We were a pretty good football team. But it's like the difference is we're, we're going to beat their butts next time we play them. But what we did against New England, what you have to do against New England, unless you're outstanding, you got better players. Like you guys, when you won your Super Bowl, it was like, man, that front four just dominated the game and your offense. But that front four was a difference. We were like, we were going to have to do something schematically different. And that's what we did. We challenged them mentally as well as physically, and that's why we won the game. Last question for you. Is your brother, your twin, not your other brother, your twin, exactly like you? Is he gregarious like you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're – Damn it. We are – I mean, you guys got to be the same way, right? No, we're not. We're completely different. I mean, I do everything. He does nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does say he is the more talented, less accomplished twin, but he's not like me. But I wanted to say the one-of-a-kind yeah. Rex Ryan, so I got to say no. – the one of two, there you Rex go. Ryan. Thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Thuzio Live and Unfiltered podcast with our guest, Rex Ryan. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like information on our live events or our new virtual membership, visit www.thuzio.com. That's T-H-U-Z-I-O.com. And be sure to follow us on social media at Thuzio.